From MPB Think Radio, this is Deep South Dining, the show all about the culture of Southern flavor. Hi, I'm Malcolm White here with Carol Puckett. Today we are your guides through Mississippi's great culinary landscape. On our show today, we travel off the beaten path. No chain restaurants, no white tablecloths. Today, we're going to call out all the great gas station foodies. We know that it's more than just filling up your car at a gas station in Mississippi. There are also great meals to be had. We'll have two guests today to join our discussion. Former Judge Stafford Sheridan and documentarian photographer Kate Medley. We hope that you'll join us if you feel like talking about gas station food. It's one mpb ring or shoot us an email at food at mpbonline.org. This is Deep South Dining. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. Good morning, everybody. It is Deep South Dining. It's Monday morning right here at MPB Think Radio. Malcolm White here with Carol Puckett. Hello, Carol. Good morning, Mal. You're fiddling with your watch over Uh, there. Well, I'm watching you. (laughs) (laughs) How was your weekend? My weekend was great. How about yours? I had some fresh strawberry cake. And some lentil soup. Um, I don't know. I just ate well and uh, watched a bunch of football and had the grandkids over, which is always a delight. How about you? Well, I kind of went exotic. Um, you had exotic. little, yeah. <laughs> well, uh, John and I were cooking some red snapper, and I did a dish with rice, but it was kind of Indian. It had turmeric, cloves, and cinnamon. And then chickpeas in it. Hmm. So it was delicious. It was called bright rice. Bright rice. Bright rice you know, instead of when, white rice. When I think about snapper, I always think about this dish that the Mayflower would have for a lunch special called snapper throats, where they yes. would cut the flaps right uh, when they were cutting their whole fish, and they would use those uh, throat flaps. Yeah, snapper cheeks, snapper throats. Cheeks, throats, yeah, yeah, that sort of stuff. But anyway, that's what I thought of when you said that. Malcolm, I am pretty fired up about the show today. Yeah, we're going to have some fun. We love to eat at a good service station. We sure do. And um, I loved it. You got uh, a video on your Facebook of Stafford Sheridan a few weeks ago. And we we have been uh, tracking him down and just are delighted to have somebody that's doing the work in the back of a pickup truck. He is tailgating. He's tailgating all across uh, Mississippi and sharing via his podcast. And, uh, yeah, uh, Chandler Griffin shared uh, the link to uh, Stafford's work. And so we reached out to him and uh, got him in the studio to talk to us about what he's up to. And then I remembered that our great friend Kate Medlin, uh, who grew up in Jackson. Sorry? Kate Medley. Medley. What did I say? Medlin. Oh, Medley. Sorry, Kate. Uh, that our buddy Kate, who was, used to work with the Southern Foodways Alliance and uh, is a documentarian and a photographer. She's long been interested in this subject. So we'll reach out to her in uh, the second segment of the show. But today uh, in the studio with us uh, is the former judge, Stafford Sheridan. Here come the judge. Welcome, Stafford. We're glad you're here. I'm glad to be here where we have running water and electricity. <laughs> so, so it's easy to get me here in the circumstances. So, so things aren't really swell up in <clears throat> Drew right now, are they? There's still quite a few people without power. And uh, I live in a rural area, so we have our own water. And when you don't have power, you don't have water. So that's that's no fun. 
And so, it, where, where is it? Tornado activity between Drew and Parchman, or what? Just what's going on? I, up I don't there? think they know if it was straight line winds or tornado, but you know, you can get some eighty mile an hour straight line winds. So they say. And uh, there was a lot of down trees. There was some a uh, couple of trailer houses torn up. A few people put in the hospital, mm-hmm. and it kind of went from between Rosedale and Cleveland right through a swath. Uh, through Sunflower County and Tallahatchie as well. Yeah, that was a rough storm. In fact, we lost 11 lives in the country. It was uh, yes. devastating. But uh, uh, we're, we're glad you, you made it and that you're here. Um, and that I showered. And that you showered at your mom's <laughs> house in Madison. Now, you, you're in the restaurant business, so I can only imagine what's going on with no power in the restaurant business. So we're we're short on generators, so I'm running generators between my house and go back and forth between the restaurant and the house. So the, we're keeping everything cold, but not open, obviously. Tell us about your restaurant. It's in uh, Drew, right? So we're on Main Street in Drew. We've been there for about 15 years, and uh, we started, we were called Main Street Deli and Gifts. We had a little gift shop in there and and did kind of like a McAllister's or a Panera, something like that. And over the years, we've transitioned into more of a soul food restaurant. Mm Mm-hmm. And you're also a former judge. Justice Court Judge, Sunflower County, for 14 years. 14 years. Your father had that post prior to you, is that right? My dad had it for a couple of years, and unfortunately he passed away, and they, the Board of Supervisors, for some reason, decided they should should appoint me, and then uh-huh. I ran for it and uh, won, won three or four elections and decided that that had run its course and didn't run this last term, so I retired from that position December 31st. Well, I must say you look good in a robe. I saw it on your <laughs> your Facebook page. In addition to being a judge and a restaurateur and caterer, you're also a farmer. And really, farming is probably my first love, to be honest. It's the, it's the thing that I'll never not do mm. as long as I'm able. Gotcha. What do you so farm? farm? <laughs> so I grew, grew up on a cotton farm. So my dad was a farmer before he retired. He retired and ran for justice court judge. I retired from justice court judge, but grew up on a cotton farm with him, and he retired from that in 99, and I started farming for myself and have been ever since. Wow. But grain farm, so we're uh, corn, soybeans, rice. How big is your place? Uh, We got uh, right now less than 1,000 acres. I had kind of downsized over the years uh, with the other things going on, so I hope to kind of expand that again now that I'm out of the – Judging business. All right. So you, let's talk about your newest uh, uh, endeavor, your, your interest in uh, gas station food and your, your blog and your podcast. So the interest is nothing new. It, I've had interest in, I mean, you can look at me and tell I like food. <laughs> but um, He's an eating man's farmer. I, I, well, and, and there's a connection to me between agriculture, food, and gas stations. And I think the gas stations, of, especially of the Delta, are the modern-day commissary. Right. You know, every farm had a commissary, and you went there to get everything. Correct. And what you see in the Mississippi Delta, and I'm trying to, I'll, I'll, as I go around the state, I think I'll see some of this same stuff, but you see fried chicken ready at 630 in the morning. And Absolutely. the reason is a guy on the farm's not coming back to town, so he stops and gets gas and cigarettes and ice for the cooler, breakfast, and buys lunch. Diesel. And chicken is one of those things that holds up really well for four or five hours. And I think that's why I think chicken is so popular. Uh-huh. What about tamales? You'd think that would be a favorite dish, but it's not. You know, and well, you, I want tamales hot. And maybe that's why people are not buying them and taking them with them. But I love tamales. And uh-huh. we do have the hot tamale trail. I know you had something to do with that. Yeah, that was, that's was that been a great thing. Kind of, st- We started it to try to move people around the Delta. And we 
uh, I was with Viking Range at the time and did uh, a collaboration with Southern Foodways and started documenting all the tamale places. And then that gave guests to the Delta. This was when we were first starting the cultural tourism, when the Alluvian opened in, in Greenwood. And people would come, and there was just, like, what do we do when we get here? So right. the Tamale Trail gave them something to move people through the Delta and allowed the other towns to benefit, you know, from the, the burgeoning tourist trade. I've got to tell you a cool story about the Hot Tamale Trail. My good friend Tucker Miller, who is quite a good cook you know he's his house is on the tamale trail and people will stop at his house and knock on the door and he gives them hot tamales oh boy so, so that's the kind of guy tucker is so they just knock on the door and say you got I, any I hot said tamales? what do you do when they knock on the door he said i give them hot tamales well you, we were talking about you know, gas stations and the role that they play you know they are also really uh the go-to food purveyors sure for for many regions in, in the delta because there are many food deserts. Well, we have no grocery store in Drew anymore. Hmm. And so the gas stations take on an outsized role as your grocery store or restaurant. Absolutely. And do you have uh, food services that deliver to your restaurant? Um, Like Cisco or something like that? Yeah, one of the big ones. Sure. Sure. They'll go anywhere for an account. Absolutely. Hey, speaking of tamales in the Delta, do either of you remember Miss Etta's and Leland? It was a little I, shack I on the side of Main Street. It was there in the 80s. We used to go there a bunch. Uh, but anyway, she, she, she's gone. The place is gone. Miss Edda's Hot Tamales in Leland, Mississippi. It was a well, good one. you have done eight of your gas station tailgate reviews so far. And let's talk about some of the big winners. We won't talk about the losers. But, uh, but tell <laughs> he our talks listeners, about the losers. Well, yeah, <laughs> tell our listeners about your judging system and... Um, I think we'll start off after you do that with your highest rated so far is Mr. Jiff in Charleston. Yeah, Mr. Jiffy. Um, Mr. Jiffy. So, so how, do, how do you rate them? I, I don't know that after eight of these that I have a good rating system yet. And I am a little tough the way I grade because I hadn't done many. And I want to leave myself some room because I know I'm going to run into some better stuff, right? So it's like anything over a five is edible. When you start getting into six, it's pretty good food. Sevens and eights were really good food. And I've only done one eight so far, and that was Mr. Jiffy's chicken, the mm. fried chicken. And, and let me tell you, it was really, really good. And it got an 8.4. And you said on your uh, on your video that it's worth it's drive out of the way for chicken. That's what an eight is. Yeah, you? anything in that eight to nine range, or really eight and above, I guess you'd say, is you can drive out of the way and you won't be disappointed. All right. So what made it the best chicken on the stick? Well, the chicken, it was the fried chicken was better than the chicken on the stick in that video. The chicken on the stick was good. It was in the sevens, but the fried chicken was the one that was 8.4. Now, is this it, bone chicken? Bone, bone on chicken, chicken? or good? Bone chicken. Whole chicken. Yeah, my 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 thirteen year old always asks, "Daddy, can we cook chicken on the bone?" She likes right. she likes yeah she's she's old school, and um, I, I don't know that it's one of those things I can put my finger on. The batter was flaky and light, and but it was really crispy, and it wasn't too salty, but it was salty enough. You know, it's one of those things, and somebody else may eat it and disagree with me, but I thought it was awful good. Cool. We're going to take a break. Uh, Our first break for the day, we want to hear from you. If you're interested in talking about no-frills restaurants, you're interested in talking about hole-in-the-walls, gas stations, cool places off of the side of the road where you like to eat, join the conversation, 1-877-MPB-RING. That is 1-877-672-7464. 
or feel free to shoot us an email at food at mpbonline.org. Carol and I will be back with former judge and restaurateur, Staffordshire and farmer. Stafford Sheridan will be back, and later in the show, we'll be joined by Kate Medley. This is Deep South Dining on MPB Think Radio. Dr. Jimmy Stewart, Professor of Internal Medicine and Pediatrics at the University of Mississippi Medical Center. On the original Southern Remedy, we answer questions about all aspects of your health and share some of the latest medical information in the news. You can listen to the show on Wednesdays at 11 on MPB Think Radio, or you can subscribe to the podcast by searching for Southern Remedy on your preferred podcasting app. This court is now in session. His Honor, Judge Pigmeat Mark and Poseidon. Yeah, he, yeah, he, the cold up swings. It's just about ready to do that thing. I don't want no Welcome back to Deep South Dining and our soundtrack from Brother Java Chatter. Our guest today is Stafford Sheridan. Welcome back, Stafford. Glad to be here. Carol, we are talking about gas station food. And I love it. And you're loving every minute of it. I'm loving every minute minute of it. I watched all eight of Stafford's <laughs> videos over the weekend. Let me tell you my favorite piece of the videos that I watched is when the plastic bag blew out of the back of your pickup truck and you had imposed on right. the screen. I can't remember which line you're talking about. One, I said, fly high, little bird. No, no, the one about... <laughs> and then we went and picked it we up We went afterwards. and picked it yeah. up. Don't worry, we're not littering. Well, I thought as it blew out, I'm and, and of course, we're filming it, and it's not something you can't do over eating the first bite again. So I'm filming it, watching it. You can see me look out of the corner of my eye, and I'm watching it and thinking... I have to go pick that back up, and I have to tell them because I don't want anybody thinking I'm a litter bug. So, right. I think that's part of the charm of of your uh, videos is that you, you were just you're so natural. And one of them, the one that you were eating a uh, hamburger from Marigold, right? Marigold in, one stop, one stop in front of Po Monkeys. You're over there talking to some tourists that are coming. Hey, y'all, where are you going next? That's part of the charm of it. So, so well, don't it's, lose it's, that. Uh, we don't have a producer, so I just do what I want to do. <laughs> yeah, you do. You're the producer. <laughs> yeah. Who's your Who's your wingman with the camera? So that day was my 13 year old daughter, Anna ah. Walton, and I've been trying to talk her into being on camera with me. But usually, and and it uh, another day it was somebody else because I had given a speech at MDCC and we videoed that, and I had a camera guy with me that day. But uh, usually it's just a tripod. What sort of speech were you making? Um, I was actually talking about customer service, believe it or not. And this is something you do also? You're also uh, a motivational I, we, speaker? Uh, I don't know if I want to use the word motivational, but I, I do give some speeches. So, okay. Well, I, I want to comment here about about your Facebook and the Facebook for your uh, for your restaurant. You do a masterful job 
at communicating with your customers. I saw several of the videos going back, way back, you know, telling them why you're going to be closed for Easter, really communicating with them, you know, giving them news about food. Well, you know, there's there's two things I think about with social media, and I know it gets a, a bad rap, but when, I mean, outside of the end of civilization, this is going to be a record that's going to be there for a long time. And we always talk to our kids about the the importance of what you put there is going to be there forever and can go back and affect you. But I see a lot of adults putting so much negativity on. My grandkids are probably going to see this stuff. Hmm. So I try to do a good job communicating, and I know that that's, it's my diary. And my, kid, my grandkids are going to go back and read that diary. So I really do think about positivity and communicating well with others through it. Great. So we've got a couple of callers here. One is from your home village from Drew, Mississippi. Byron has called in with a question. Hey, Byron, what's happening? Morning. How are you guys? Man, we're good. I know, Byron. (laughs) I already know what he's going to say, and you're wrong for this. (laughs) (laughs) What is the worst review you've given so far and why? So, you know, and I got to say this, and you and I talked about this last night. Oh, yeah. It's it's tough because this particular place, and I know he's seen it. He already knows what I'm going to say. It's I've been in there several times and had a lot of good food in there. And for whatever reason, what I got that day just wasn't that great, you know. But um, I try to not get fried chicken everywhere I go. You know, if they've got other options, I want to try different stuff. But this one particular place, I had a meatball that just just really wasn't that great. Hmm. And that's what uh, Byron's pushing for. Yeah, I don't, I don't know what he's up to. <laughs> <laughs> and then you also had a grisly pork chop. Well, and it's the same place, unfortunately. But I'm looking at it, and i got to tell you, as I'm eating the meatball, and the reason I get two things a lot of times, I never, I do not want to give a, a really low score. Oh. And uh, – and I'm eating, and I'm like, well, thank goodness I got this beautiful pork chop sitting here. And I'm thinking, because I'm fixing to give them a high score on this probably. And then I take a bite into the pork chop, and it's just cooked perfectly, beautiful batter. I mean, in the counter, they look so good. I was like, definitely give me a pork chop. And it was so tough, I couldn't hardly bite through it, which is not their fault. Mm. And I tried to explain that. I'm like, I think they cooked it right, but wherever they got the pork chop from, it just, and it happens. I mean, yeah. it's like fish. You get all flavor sometimes, and you can't tell. All right, we got a couple of other callers here. We're going to go now to, to the coast to Pass Christiane, and Marsha's on the phone. She wants to tell us about gas station eateries in her neighborhood. Hello, this is Marsha. Uh, I'm from Pass Christiane, and we have a little gas station in town, uh, C&J's, and they make the best poor boys. Ah, pressed? They have fried chicken. They have a huge menu for a gas station. They have the fried chicken. They have cheeseburgers. They have a plate lunch every day. All the workers around town, you know, you can't, you can't, there's a line out the door at noon. Marcia, where is C&J's? It's in Pass Christian, Mississippi on North Street. Okay, North Street. That's what I was looking you for. You used to live in Pass Christian, I did, and I still have yeah. family in Pass Christian. Uh, unfortunately, have, no they house. Order their, <laughs> they order their uh, bread from New Orleans for their poor boys. They have the best roast beef and shrimp pool boys, and just a huge menu for a gas station. So, well, we're sending Stafford down there. Yeah, he's, he's, I actually he's am his, going there in he's February. He's on his way in February to the coast. He's, he's going to review that place. So, Marsha, what do uh, I need yeah. to order? Uh, the roast beef pool boys are great. The shrimp pool boys are great. 
And they really take their time cooking a good fried chicken. They marinate it, and it's always crispy. They have spicy and regular. It's just a, cool. it's for us. And, uh, yeah, they quit serving. They quit cooking it, I think, like at one thirty. Cause and they're so busy at lunchtime, but it's really good. Well, you heard it here on Deep South Dining. Oh, and I'm coming. Yeah, we're sending yeah, our man to you. One question before it's you go, Marshall. One question: Do they press yeah. the po' boy, or is it just toasted the po' boy no, bread? It, no, they don't press it. No press, but they do serve it dressed, and they order that really good bread from New Orleans. They do it right. Well, thank you for calling in, uh, Marsha. We appreciate the tip on gas station eating and past Christiane. I'll tell you, a lot. Of, there are a lot of uh, gas stations down there on the coast that do serve food and po' boys, and they do press them in many places. Uh, Stafford, are you familiar with the press concept? I am not, so I'm going to have to find that and check it out. So you, you prepare your, your so po' So like boy. a panini press? Yes. You put it in a press, and you pull the top down, and it flattens it and toasts gotcha. it on both sides like a panini. Yeah. I do have to add here that Malcolm did a very academic lecture at the Southern Foodways <laughs> Alliance on the press po' boy. He is standing on a stage in an auditorium in front of three or 400 people delivering a lecture with an ironing board and an iron and pressed the po' boy. On an ironing so board. So where does that come from? It's a, a coastal New Orleans thing. Gotcha. I grew up eating press po' boys. Okay. And, uh, I'll tell you who photographed and memorialized that speech was Kate Medley. Ah. She was there working for the Southern Foodways Alliance and took photographs of me pressing the po' boy with the iron. Whose iron and ironing board was that? Well, it was the late Susan Howworth's uh, iron and ironing board. We were staying at her guest house <laughs> and had to borrow, borrow an ironing board. All right. Uh, we've got another caller on the phone, uh, one of our favorite listeners from up in the hill country. Chico, what's happening, my man? Good to hear from you. Chico Harris. Hey, good morning, y'all. This dude, this dude lives in the gas station world. Let me just tell you, <laughs> I need some advice. I've woken up in some. <laughs> but let me tell you, I'm on Envil Road in between Pontotoc and Tupelo right now, and at the Tupelo end of Envil Road is King Filling Station, and they have, and around here we call it King Chicken because they are the king of fried chicken. And I'm a, I'm a hard sell on fried chicken. I grew up eating my grandmother's and that Connie's fried chicken in Tupelo, but this stuff at King Fried Chicken, it took us there three times last week. Mm. It's really, really good. Uh, it's always fresh because they're so busy and they got the fryer going all the time. And they also have smoked chicken, which is really good, and a really good fried chicken sandwich called the Bird Dog. But I, I recommend fried chicken to, to anybody. Let me tell you about the place. It's on McCullough Boulevard, which running out of Tupelo is Old Highway 78, which is the highway that Elvis and Vernon and Gladys took when they moved from Tupelo to Memphis when Elvis was a teenager. And this store was opened then in 1944. It was the first convenience store in Lee County. So they drove right by it on their way up there. And today it has a huge mural of the one and only Elvis Presley on the side. Stafford. I am so happy to hear that, and we are sending our man Stafford up there Absolutely. right Stafford, now. Come- <laughs> meet, meet Chico Harris. So, y- y'all are going to get along well. So i got to ask, was it Call Kings there, and did that have anything to do with Elvis being called King? Uh, it, well, it changed. The name changed a couple of years ago when it went to being less of a 
store to a full-time fried chicken place, but you can still get gasoline out Because I've heard of King's Chicken all the way in the Delta. I've actually heard, and oh, I, sure. I, maybe somebody has already recommended that to me. It, it made a big splash right out of the chute. Uh, <laughs> it originally opened. It went by Mitch McCamey that have, has uh, Kermit's Outlaw Chicken. Yeah. Or Outlaw, Outlaw Kitchen. Outlaw Kitchen yeah. in downtown Tupelo. And um, he sold it to a lady here in town. I'm sorry, I don't know her name, but let me tell you what kind of person she is. The first time I ever went in, I was wearing a Green Bay Packers shirt. And now every time I walk through the door, she says, what about them Packers? <laughs> so that's the great places. That's the kind of place I'm looking for. So, Chico, you also hit me to a place. I'm wondering if it's still there. The Topicola Catfish. Is that still there? Topicola Grocery in Topicola, Mississippi. Absolutely. Um, that's a really, really good place, and you're talking about off the beaten path. It is. You, you, and, uh, GPS can't even help I, you with this. Where is Takapola, <laughs> Mississippi? <laughs> well, let me tell you, Takapola is in between Oxford and Pontotoc. Okay. And, and, and Takapola is where Betty Allen was from, and she's buried there. Now, she is the Choctaw woman that married a white man, and when he died, she sued to be able to inherit his property, and the Supreme Court ruled in her favor. All right. Chico, thanks a lot for calling in, man. You're, you're an encyclopedia of all things important in Mississippi. I appreciate Good to meet you. All. all right. We're going to go to the lines now. I believe next is, is it Dud- Dudley's calling us from Calhoun County. You're on, Good Dudley. Good morning. Good morning. I would like to recommend a place called David's One Stop in Hulka, Mississippi. Uh, they have a variety of food, a steam table, certainly uh, with all selections of food, from fish to steak to down-home uh, mixture of cabbage and sausages. Uh, it is really, really a treat to dine there. You can dine inside or you can take out. It's on Highway 32 that runs from uh, Oklahoma all the way down through. It winds its way down through uh, the east, the western part of Mississippi into Parchment. Oh. So with that, I'll, I'll stop. Thank you, Dudley. I appreciate it. That's good info. One more caller and calling all the way from Paris. It's Cynthia calling. Hello, Cynthia. Well, hello. You don't sound French. (laughs) Sir? You don't sound French. Oh, I'm a Parisian, though. (laughs) (laughs) A southern Parisian. From Paris, Mississippi. Yes, sir. We're halfway between Oxford and Bruce. I've been there. I know it well. Uh, I wanted to tell you about a hole in the wall in New Albany, Mississippi, and they had the best hamburgers, and it's called Latham's. I love them. Slug burgers. Yes, and they're downtown. Uh, Can you buy gas there? Can you buy fuel? No, ma'am. It's just Just hamburgers. That's a hamburger. Yeah. It's a great place. It's been there a long, They're long well time. They're well-known. Yes. Yeah. Downtown New Albany, uh, Latham's, fabulous burger. Yes. Part of the old slug burger, dough burger tradition of Northeast Hills. All right. 
We're going to take a break now, and when we come back, we're going to be joined by the one and only Kate Medley. Kate's a native of Mississippi. She's now living in North Carolina. She's a documentarian, a photographer, and a writer. She's long been interested in the service station food, and she has a great website that talks about that. She's calling in after the break, so we will have both Kate and Stafford talking about the great wonders of gas station grub in the state of Mississippi. You can join the conversation by calling one 672 7464 or shoot us an email at food at mpbonline.org. Carol, Stafford, Kate, and I will be back right after this. Professor Richard Gershon from the University of Mississippi School of Law, host of In Legal Terms. If you're enjoying this podcast, I encourage you to listen to In Legal Terms, the show about you and your rights. We find interesting legal topics to bring to you and let you know how the law affects you. Find In Legal Terms on any podcasting platform on your smart device or on our website, inlegalterms.mpbonline.org. Deep South Dining. I'm here with Carol Puckett and also Stafford Sheridan. I'm Malcolm White. Happy Monday to you. And if you like to eat food in a service station or a hole in the wall or off the beaten path, today is a show for you. On the phone, we are now joined by our great friend, Kate Medley. Kate grew up in Jackson, now living in North Carolina. She was a writer, a documentarian, and a photographer, and a great friend to Carol and I. Hello, Kate. Hey, Kate. Hey, y'all. How's it going? It's good. How about you? Good. You really have me missing Mississippi this morning. Well, that's part of the the whole uh, reason for us being here is to share the good news of the great state of Mississippi. We sure do miss you. Yeah, I'm ready to get back down there. I need. Sounds like I need to follow in Stafford's footsteps. Yeah, I'm, I'm uh, introducing Stafford. Hey, this Kate. is Kate. You, hey, you need to come do one of these with me on film. I'm in. I'm, in. I'm over here taking notes on all so your I've, I've got to tell, I'm actually looking at your list, and I've got to tell you we have a connection that you don't know. But you went to Ruleville, Mississippi, and had fried ribs. That's true. And it's the, been a while. The lady that cooked the ribs there worked for me in my restaurant in Drew, which is only four miles away, and taught us how to fry ribs. I was going to ask who taught who. Okay. Oh, definitely, she taught us. <laughs> so, well, I'll have to get back. So it's Timbo's mama is who that was. Uh-huh. Okay. So, Stafford, tell us, Small world. tell us quickly how you fry a rib. It's actually really easy. We use St. Louis style, yep. and we butcher them individually, parboil them, batter them, and fry them. That's it. Just drop That's them simple. in the oil. You, you want a little uh, – we put them in water where a little batter will stick to it. 
Hmm. And actually, I, we use buttermilk at the restaurant, but oh. a lot of people just use water. And then just batter them with a good seasoned batter. It's chicken fried. I mean, uh, just chicken the same fried, thing you would do. Pork rib. Yeah. Exactly. And if you like ribs and you like pork chops, you'll like fried ribs. Kate, I have really loved looking at your uh, Gas Station South work on your website. Now, I really encourage our listener, listeners to do that. Not only are there portraits of the stations, but portraits of the people, and then you've got the words to go with it. So, great work. Thanks, Carol. Um, it's been a real interesting way for me over the last 10 or 15 years to explore the South. Um, as I am driving around the South and um, come into some of these rural towns and am faced with having lunch at, you know, maybe maybe the McDonald's or the Burger King in town, um, I've found that you can really learn a lot more about the place, you know, if you stick your head into the BP or the sit-go and see who's cooking in the back of the gas station. Or like you running out of gas near Lula. I loved that story. <laughs> I've been on some wild goose chases, and most of them pan out pretty well, but that one uh, didn't quite work out for me. (laughs) Well, one of the things that's fascinated me, and and Malcolm and Stafford and I were talking about this before the show this morning, is the fried moon pie. I know up in Moon Lake, you ran into a fried moon pie at the BMW. Hmm. The BMW pit stop. Um, which I hope is still there. Perhaps, Stafford, you can do some field work on our behalf. I will. Um, The BMW Pit Stop was a a place that um, I want to say someone just said there's a great gas station out by Moon Lake, and I drove out that way um, and found the BMW, which, as you may have guessed or may not, stands for Bite My Worm. (laughs) I, I would not. <laughs> was, was not my first guess. <laughs> it was not my first guess either. But it's a fishing community. Come it on. Is a <laughs> so at the BMW pit stop, when I was there last, um, in the front, you after you filled up your tank, you could go inside where they had a lending library, um, and yeah, you, know, you could also, of course, buy your live bait. And then in the back, they had a full kitchen, and I think this was mentioned earlier, but. Um, I find it so interesting to see a lot of these gas stations around the rural South really returning to this idea of functioning as more of a general store um, and really being multi-use sort of community center, for lack of a better word, more than just a place to fill up your tank. Um, So you see some of these places functioning as post offices, um, libraries, certainly restaurants, but also, you know, you're buying ammunition or bait, um, you're having happy hour there, you're playing pool in the back, um, you're picking up your groceries for dinner. So you really see it functioning in a lot of different ways, and because of that, you see a wide cross-section of people passing through these spaces. And another thing I've noticed is uh, uh, folks drinking coffee in the middle of the day, in the early afternoon, sort of your your, your men's coffee clubs are starting to meet in these uh, gas stations and in and, and, and between hours. Exactly. And then in the evening, you're seeing that transition into happy hour. Um, I don't know if y'all have been over to Pratizzi's in Leland, Mississippi. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Where they have what they call the East Leland Country Club. 
And around about 4 p.m., all the farmers start gathering to have happy hour. And I think it goes on as long as Mark Fertizzi lets it until he kicks them all out. And I read, I believe it was in, in one of your, your pieces that at Fertizzi, so there's actually a ledger, and and people put their beers on the honor system if uh, Mr. Fertizzi's gone. Yeah, just grab a beer, put it on the list, and pay later. Yeah, and, yeah. and that's where that's where they have the, the fried olive po'boy, is it? The fried olive sandwich. Oh, it's so good. I have not have tried that. Muffaletta. Yeah, it's it's a, a southern fried muffaletta. Was that what you said, Kate? Okay. Mm-hmm. They do the chopped olive salad there, and um, it's delicious. Back to that fried moon pie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, we've got a problem yeah, here. Yeah, we do. The, we have a problem here. Here with in the headquarters. Fried moon, uh, our our yes, other guest is struggling with the fried moon pie. <laughs> well, I tried to make it, and I was I failed so miserably. It disintegrated in the fryer. And you even well, froze it. Your we fr- We froze it. And battered it. Yeah, okay. You got any uh, tips, Kate, on, on how one fries you know, a moon pie? I've never myself tried to fry a moon pie. I have tasted the B&W Pit Stop fried moon pie. Um, and it is, I will say, well battered. Mm. Yeah. Maybe two or three times to secure the... Well, we did a wet batter, and maybe that was the problem. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. We'll have to we'll see if well, any callers have... are, are familiar with uh, actually, frying a moon pie. But actually, the BMW Pit Stop is uh, all over social media. It's okay. still there. We got need to send some people. We're sending our man Stafford up there. Yeah, I mean, any place named Bite My Worm Pit Stop, I've got to try. Got to try. And one more question about that moon pie. Was it gooey and hot, or did you, like, pick it up with the napkin? It was a knife and fork situation. Oh, okay. okay. Gotcha. It, it, it was becoming unglued. Kate, I Perhaps the bib would have helped. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's the best. Now, Kate, if I'm correct, another part of your journey has been discovering ethnic offerings in these uh, service stations, right? Yeah, that's true, Malcolm. Uh, one of the things that really first got me interested in this idea um sort of subsection of food is the notion that um you know there's a lot of startup costs involved in um building a brick and mortar restaurant um but i kind of imagine seeing based on um some places here in north carolina that there you know it's a pretty low barrier of entry for um first generation americans to come into the, you know, side of a restaurant, I mean, side of a gas station, and um, open their Indian food restaurant or their taqueria. Um, when I lived in Oxford 15 years ago, the best Indian food in town, the only Indian food in town, was in the back of the BP station. Mm. Um, and this was the proprietor's wife who would prepare the food at home and bring it to the gas station in Tupperware containers. And if memory serves, there wasn't a sign or much um, printed material about it. You just had to know. Um, and so I see more and more of this um, here in North Carolina. I see lunch counters in the back of gas stations. That have, The lunch counters have been there since the 50s, but they've only been functioning as a taqueria in the last six or seven years, for instance. Well, you know, um, it's interesting that that, in many ways, is the way that Doe's and Lusco's and Two Manellas got started. They were, they were grocery stores, and and then they begin to cook 
for the locals on the side and then evolved into restaurants? Yeah, so you see them sort of catering to the shifting demographic of a place. Um, so I really expect and hope that we'll see more and more of this reflected as demographics around the South are, are changing. Mm-hmm. So you're doing a lot of photography too, right? This is part of your project is is uh, documenting documenting these places and people as you go. Yeah, I'm working on a book um, that really tries to show um, how gas stations are these um, very democratic spaces where all people pass through, despite our multitude of differences and backgrounds and socioeconomic status. Um, this is a place that we all share in some form or fashion. And so I'm really trying to capture the diversity of the South by way of gas station spaces. Oh, that's great. Kate, one thing that's that's on my mind is the role that the gas station serves in the many food deserts that we have in Mississippi where people live nowhere near a grocery store, can't get fresh food. You know, I wonder what we can do to you know, make make gas stations you know, serve that role more with, you know, fruit and vegetables. And, you know, it, it, it seems like a natural thing because so many people don't have access to any fresh fruit and vegetables. Yeah, it's so true. Um, when I was doing my research in the Mississippi Delta, I want to say there was one grocery store per 200 miles, um, 200 square miles. And... You know, Carol, I think that's really happening, um, what you're suggesting. When I spoke with the owners of the Double Quick, um, many in Mississippi, Delta especially, will be familiar with the Double Quick chain of gas stations. There are 50 um, of I, them <laughs> in the Delta. Yeah. <laughs> and I talked to the owner of the Double Quick, and he um, said at the time that they really aspire to become a food place first where you might fill up with gas second, Um, whereas they get maybe, I think it was a dime per gallon of gas sold, they were really finding their bigger profit margin in food and grocery. Um, Some of that's prepared foods. Many Mississippians will tell you that their favorite gas, I mean, their favorite fried chicken in the state is at the Double Quick on Main Street in Greenville, Greenwood, sorry. Um, but they're also, you know, you'll, you're seeing them expand a little bit more into grocery as well and functioning as that grocery store space. All right, Kate, hang on. We'll come back uh, after a quick break with uh, Stafford Sheridan, Carol Puckett, myself, Malcolm White, and our great friend from North Carolina, Kate Medley. This is Deep South Dining. If you want to join this conversation about holes in the wall, about off the beaten path, about gas station eateries, give us a call at one eight seven seven six seven two. 7464 or pop us an email to food at mpbonline.org. We'll be right back with our last segment. Thanks. Hi, I'm Ryder Taff, Portfolio Manager at New Perspectives, a fee-only financial advisory and co-host of Money Talks. Each week, we take your personal finance questions and tell you about a money topic we hope you find helpful. Money Talks can be heard Tuesdays at 9 a.m. on MPB Think Radio. Podcasts can be found on our website, money.mpbonline.org, or on your smart devices podcasting platform. 
my chicken fried and cold beer on a Friday night. A pair of jeans that fit just Welcome right. back to Deep South Dining. Carol Puckett, Malcolm White, Kate Medley, and Stafford Sheridan, who is a blogger and a researcher and a and a food historian of, of recent and and he has gets eighty thousand views eighty thousand views Facebook with these gas station reviews something like around eighty thousand on the on the eight that I've done I've only done eight so. only done That's eight only yeah. done eight this is what you call hey, an overnight need, yeah, success we need to learn from this guy <laughs> so tell us about uh, the double quick in Moorhead. That's uh, one so that you've done. I've done, done two well double quicks. You. I've done two double quicks, and people have their favorites. Favorite and double so, quick, yeah. And the the three that come up the most in my inbox: the double quick Moorhead, double quick Tutwiler, and double quick Rosedale. And so we we hadn't been to the Rosedale and the Tutwiler one, but I went to the Moorhead one, and it was good. It was it was really good. I thought it was better than the one by the BB King Museum in Indianola, which we've done. Okay. You gave it a better score. I gave it a better score. Now, you gave the chicken livers a 7.7. Well, I love chicken is, livers, though. That's, that's, <laughs> so it's kind of biased. I'm a little biased on chicken livers. I love and, them. and the chicken thigh was a, a, a 6.9. And I, you used the word, you said solid. This is solid. Oh, yeah, it's just a good piece of chicken. You're All right. not going to be disappointed. We got a caller from up near Iuka, Mississippi. This is Glenn calling in. Hello, Glenn. What's up? Hey, I have a different perspective on uh, restaurants. Okay. I have worked in uh, on the road in Mississippi, Alabama, and Tennessee for about 30 years. I used to eat all these little country restaurants that were absolutely great. Most all of them now have gone out of business. And if I have an opportunity to look back in the kitchen area sometimes, I would say 80% of the grocery stores use the absolute cheapest grease, the cheapest stuff that they could get to make profit on. It's just a matter of time until you see the heart conditions and different things that bad food causes increase in the state of Mississippi. It can't be no other way. It's just like a heart attack in a sack when you walk out the door with it. All right, Glenn, we appreciate your perspective on that. We certainly understand where you're coming from. Uh, we got another caller from right here in Jackson. We got George on the line. What's up, George? Good morning. Uh, got a little story for you that I bet you already know, but Colonel Sanders started his business in a gas station. Oh, okay. He was first in the gas business, and he cooked fried chicken in the his house that was immediately behind the uh, station, and uh, then it outgrew the gas business, and uh, that was the start of Kentucky Fried Chicken. And there you uh, have the rest of the story. Exactly. <laughs> He's done pretty well with his chicken. Uh, Kate, you still with us? Still here. You got a favorite you want to share with us uh, through your times of, of traveling about and eating here, there, and yon? I've got a couple. Um, one I would love to send people to is in Meridian called the Seafood Express. Okay. Um, I think perhaps it used to be a Chevron. Um, and they are selling fresh-boiled crawfish in season, and otherwise they are doing a big business in seafood po'boys. Um, so that's a favorite. And then up in the Delta, um, Stafford mentioned Indianola. There's another spot there called Betty's Place. Oh, we know Betty's. We do. <laughs> Got a lot of shaking heads yeah. in the room. <laughs> 
so Betty's at Betty's they um, they ripped out the fuel tanks as have um, many gas station restaurants that I've covered. They've found that the gas is not the ticket for them. Um, so you won't find gas at Betty's anymore, but you will find some delicious buffalo ribs. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's my order when I go to Betty's: the buffalo ribs, the green beans, and they do mean fried okra. It's wow. down the street from where my the courthouse was where I was judge. So you've eaten uh-huh. a few meals there? Been there. Uh, judged a pecan pie contest with Miss Betty. And? Oh. I can't remember who won that. It was like sugar overload. Yeah. Uh, her and Craig Claiborne's Craig Claiborne's nephew. nephew. Yeah. Uh, from Jackson? Um, I don't know where he lives now. Okay. I think his name is Claiborne, actually. Claiborne yeah. Barnwell. That's it. Claiborne you got it. Yeah, I know him there, well. There we go. I, and there's a video of that actually on my Facebook page as well. And Kate, you and I know a little bit about Craig Claiborne's uh, boarding house in Indianola, don't we? That's true. We've heard Claiborne Barnwell hold court in Craig Claiborne's mother's old boarding house. That's right. You were there the day we put the historical marker up uh, on the property where Craig learned to cook at the hem of his mom who ran a boarding house there in Indianola. Chicken spaghetti. Chicken spaghetti. Delicious. Uh, Malcolm put the question out on his Facebook page and got just lots of responses. And I'm doing this as a favor to Kate and to Stafford. I'm going to give you a few of the hot items that we that we heard. And here okay. they are. Chesney's north of Meridian in Newton County. The kangaroo at the Pickens exit on I-55 chicken tenders mm. in Buckatuna, which is, is that that's near Meridian, East right? Mississippi, East yes. Mississippi. There's the Buckatuna Chevron has some fine fried okra, okra thanks oh. to our friend Diane Walton. Uh, Frank Cosson tells us about the Chevron. It's on the south side of the Bolton exit between Jackson and Vicksburg, and it is quite an operation. He used the word magical to describe the ribs. They also have smoked chicken, and they even smoke their hamburgers. Mm, interesting. Okay, yes. up in North Mississippi, Walnut Grove, the Rosebud Quick Stop. The Rosebud Quick Stop. Burgers, fries, and biscuits. Okay. Uh, let's see. Ocean Springs. First Ocean Springs exit headed east. Fayards. Fayards. Po-boys. Oh, so good. Yeah. Po-boys. Yeah, that's a yeah, good one. Those that, are I think few. they press their po'boys. What do you I, think, I Kate? Believe, I believe they do. I think they do. I think you're right. Now, Kate, tell us where our listeners can find all of your information and your work or your website or whatever else you got going on out there. Yeah, so I'm collecting um, the photography side of this work on my website, which is just my name, katemedley.com. And then I'm working on a book. You got a, you got a publisher yet? I uh, can't release the details of it yet. It's tuned. secret. Okay. <laughs> Can but you it, give us the name? It, it's coming together. In the meantime, I'm accepting suggestions of more locations. So thank okay. you for that list, Carol. Okay. Well, unfortunately, we've run out of time. This has been a blast. We thank everyone for joining us today, especially our guest, Stafford Sheridan, who, former judge and restaurateur from up in the Mississippi Delta, farmer and blogger and a podcaster and a sampler of all things good from the gas station. Eaters. And you can find him on at Stafford Sheridan on any social media. 
any, and he's everywhere. Also, Kate Medley. We appreciate Kate calling in from North Carolina. We've had a fun day here. Thanks to Java Chapman, of course, our producer. Our show is a production of the Mississippi Public Broadcasting Think Radio Network. We are funded by generous contributors like yourself. Produced by Java Chapman, I thank Carol Puckett always for joining me and co-hosting. This is Deep South Dining on MPB Think Radio.